Well, it's good to celebrate a birthday, isn't it? It's good to celebrate together. It's good to know our history. It's good to recognize the future is bright, and it's good to recognize as well that, man, we love each other, and we love this community, and we celebrate all that God has been doing and will continue to do for decades to come. Uh, as I mentioned in my particular video, I look forward to celebrating 100 years of ministry for this particular community of faith because you have that kind of trajectory you have that kind of possibility, and we all know that we want to continue to shine the light of Christ and help people to grow in a relationship with Him each and every day. Well, if you've been a part of our, our community over the last week or two, you know we've stepped into Lent. We've stepped into this powerful season of preparing for uh, Jesus' death and resurrection. It is the season where we acknowledge how it is we're connected to Christ and how it is we're connected one to each other. And what a powerful gift that is. Part of what we celebrate throughout this season of Lent is that the great I am, Jesus, uh, brings to us life and love, and he uses that imagery as the great I am, as the powerful connection with God and the powerful relationship with us in very personal and tangible ways. And so part of that gift is we celebrate Jesus last week as the uh, I am the light of the world and the great vision that he cast and the great uh, ways in which he helped guide us and guides us each and every day in faithful living, right? Today we want to talk about Jesus says, I am the bread of life, the bread that brings life to all our mortal bodies and the bread that helps give us abundant, everlasting life as well. well I can't talk about bread without talking about food, right? And I can't talk about food without talking about breakfast because breakfast is my main meal. I don't know what your main meal is, but man, I love breakfast. Every once in a while I go out to breakfast, and the other day I was out with, uh, with a good, good friend and, and having breakfast, and I'm a big uh, breakfast biscuit eater. I love biscuits with everything on them, right? Ham and bacon and egg and cheese and, and all kinds of grits, and I mean, ju just put everything on it, and I'm going to eat it. Are you hungry yet? <clears throat> when we were sitting at that breakfast table and I ordered my breakfast sandwich, I always get some hash browns as well. And this particular day, I thought to myself, man, I'm going to give me an extra biscuit because I can, and I did. And you see, <laughs> it's right there, still sitting with me a week later. But man, it was a good biscuit, and I loved every part of it. And as I ate the, the biscuit sandwich, I, I was all excited. I told the wait staff, I said, now, when you bring that extra biscuit, I want you to bring a, just a big old slab of butter, because I'm going to put it all over, right? Are you hungry yet? And as I put that butter all over it, I thought, man, where is the jelly? I need the jelly, because I'm going to end this meal well, right? I ate my sandwich, and then I... I, I, I turned to my biscuit, and I've had the butter all over it, and I, I put jelly all over it, and I ate both sides of that biscuit just packed with jelly, because it's not a good biscuit unless there's lots and lots of jelly. I didn't have any molasses, so I had to suffer through some jelly, right? And when I was done, man, I thought, this was a great meal. I, I, I feel so full, and I feel, uh, I feel like the meal was great, and I left a, one single bite of the biscuit sitting on the plate. And my friend looked at the biscuit, and he said, what, what, why did you leave that one little piece? Why, why didn't you just eat the whole thing? He, he happened to notice how much I enjoyed the biscuit, and he wondered why I left just a single bite. And I looked at him, and I looked at the biscuit, and I just said, well, there, there wasn't enough jelly for the piece that was left. <laughs> Nor butter. It was just too dry, right? 
when I finished the meal, I realized that I was full, but I wasn't satisfied. I mean, it was literally as if something, there was something more, there was something yet to come, there was something more that I needed. I was full, mind. In fact, the rest of the day, I felt like a big old tick, right? I mean, I, I just, I couldn't move the rest of the day. I couldn't, I, I felt horrible the rest of the day. I was clearly full the rest of the day. I didn't have much to eat the rest of the day. I was full, but I was not satisfied. It didn't do it for me. And I became dissatisfied because of it. And I thought that day, and I thought as I was preparing for the message today, I thought, man, that is a perfect metaphor for our lives and how we live every single day. We often look for stuff and think we're going to find satisfaction and feel like it's going to satiate our hunger and feel like it's going to take care of everything we need, and, and we don't quite get it, right? We sometimes look for that satisfaction in our vocation, sometimes look for that satisfaction in recreation, right? If I can just get another boat or if I can just take another trip or if I can just make sure I take this time off, sometimes we look for it in recreation too, don't we? Sometimes we look for it in our relationships that don't always turn out as we'd hoped or imagined. And sometimes we look for that satisfaction and that satiation in addictive behaviors whether shopping or food or drugs or alcohol. And we just think if we can just get the next fix, if we can just get right to the next thing, we'll just somehow get there. I know that may not be true for every one of us, but the reality is in our human mortality, we often go searching for satisfaction and fullness of life and, and uh, goodness and richness of life through all kinds of things that they don't always satisfy. They don't always bring the kind of richness and fullness that we desire, and it seems as though that's a perfect metaphor for our lives, particularly as we try to understand what it means to be connected to Jesus and what it means to grow in our faith and what it means to claim this connection with Jesus. We need this, I am the bread of life. We, we need something that he's offering, and the reality is he offers something quite amazing, doesn't he? And when we know him and when we understand him and when we live for him and when we are consumed by him, he offers us that richness of life. Some of you may know that Jesus feeds 5,000 people at one point. And in fact, it's the only miracle story of Jesus in all four Gospels. And John's gospel tells it in an amazing way. In fact, it tells it in a highly distinctive way. And, and when they're done and all 5,000 have been fed and, and Jesus has collected with the disciples the leftover bread and the leftover uh, cup, he just realizes that they have been satiated, that they have been filled, that they have been satisfied, that they have received all that they needed. In fact, the, the, the story reveals that quite well. And then jo just Jesus moves on. And in John chapter 6, where the story account takes place, we find ourselves in verse 25 where Jesus helps us to fully get what it means for him to fill us, to satisfy us, to bring us what it is we actually yearn for and need in our lives. John chapter 6, beginning in verse 25, says it this way, they, meaning the people who were following him, they found him on the other side of the lake and asked, Rabbi, when did you get here? 
You see, Jesus had gone off to be by himself. He'd gone off to sort of recuperate. He'd gone off to kind of find himself yet again for the strength to continue the journey, and the people were looking for him. When did you get here, they said. And Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. You want to be with me because I fed you, not because you understood the miraculous signs. But don't be so concerned about perishable things like food. Spend your energy seeking the eternal life that the Son of Man can give you. For God the Father has given me the seal of his approval. They replied, we want to perform God's works too. What should we do? And Jesus told them, this is the only work God wants from you. Believe in the one he has sent. They answered, show us a miraculous sign. If you want us to believe in you, what can you, what can you do? After all, our ancestors ate manna while they journeyed through the wilderness. The Scripture says, Moses gave them bread from heaven to eat. And Jesus said, I tell you the truth. Moses didn't give you bread from heaven. My father did. And now he offers you the true bread from heaven. The true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, give us that bread every day. And Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never hunger again, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Friends, this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I love this story because, of course, John tells it in a magnificent way about how Jesus um, not only feeds the people, but he provides this sustenance. He provides this richness of life, and, and they come after him, right? They come looking. They, even after Jesus kind of left and tried to recuperate himself and try to get ready for the next leg of his journey and his ministry, oh, here you are, Jesus, when did you get here? And, and they're looking for the food again. And Jesus is real clear, you, you're coming after me just to get another bite. You, you saw what I did. You, you felt what I did. You consumed what I offered you, and all you're looking for is another meal. Jesus was pretty blunt. And then they respond as we often do, well, golly, what do we need to do? <laughs> I mean, you've spoken the truth. We'd kind of like some bread, but what we'd really like is to, for this to work. So what is it we can do? And they ask that proverbial question that we all often ask. What's the simplest solution here? How, how can I get this done? What, what do I need to do in order to make this work, right? What do we need to do? We, we want to do this. And Jesus he gives them a straightforward answer, but they probably don't fully understand. He said, all you really need to do, <laughs> all you really need to do is believe. Believe in who God is, believe in who I am, believe in what I'm providing for you. You just really need to believe. And man, that sounds so simple, and for many of us, it, it, uh, it might actually be, but for most of us, we tend to think that's an intellectual endeavor. I, I know who Jesus is. I believe in him. I understand what he's done for the world and for me. I believe he's my Savior. I believe he's my Lord. And we, we kind of make a rote kind of intellectual endeavor out of it. That's not what Jesus meant. It was never what Jesus meant. 
Jesus was always trying to help people understand that it was about a relationship with him. It was about knowing him. It was about understanding what his teachings meant and how it was we were to live that out. That's what belief meant. It's why later in John's gospel, Jesus would speak out a very clear truth in John chapter 17 when he said, look, this is eternal life. This is what it looks like. This is what it is. It's to know the one true God and Jesus Christ whom he has sent. And unfortunately, in the English translation, we see that word know, and we automatically go back to that intellectual endeavor, and we think, well, that's to know God, to know who God is and what God has done in and through Jesus Christ. But the Greek does not mean knowledge. It doesn't mean insight. It's not speaking about an intellectual endeavor. It's speaking about a very intimate relationship everywhere in the New Testament that the word know is in reference to Jesus or in reference to God. It's about a intimate relationship with God, knowing everything I can possibly know about God, discovering everything I could possibly want to understand about God, and, and revealing myself to God in full sway, right? See, to know the one true God and Jesus whom he has sent is to be in relationship with him. That's why our mission here is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ, because we know that's the ultimate goal. That's the desired outcome. That's what our purpose in life is. And Jesus says, just believe. If you'll step into that, it will make all the difference in the world. Well, the people weren't satisfied, were they? <laughs> well, show us a sign, would you? Because, man, you, you just kind of blew the first answer, and we don't really understand what that means. So just show us a sign, because clearly we can see that you can do stuff that's beyond our capacity. So why don't you just show us the sign? I mean, after all, the, our ancestors ate manna from heaven, and Moses brought it to them. Why don't you do something like that, Jesus? Aren't we funny people? <laughs> We're always looking for a sign. We're always looking for proof. We're always looking for the way it ought to be. We're always looking for how can I get to the next step really quick, right? Why don't you just show us a sign? And Jesus is very straightforward again. <laughs> it wasn't Moses who brought you that bread. It was my dad. It was the God of all creation. It was the God who put all things into motion. It was the one who, uh, the God who, who made all things as they are. That's the God who brought you that bread. And, and now if you'll take the bread that I have to offer that that God is offering in and through me and a relationship with me and through me, you will, you'll be full. You'll not only be full, but you'll be satisfied. You, you'll not only be satisfied, but you'll be consumed by the greatest lover there ever was, by the greatest revealer there ever was, you will indeed have life and life abundant. And the people did the same thing again. I, by golly, give me that bread. I'd love some of that every day. Can I have some of that bread? To which Jesus simply responds, I am. I am the bread of life. If you know me, if you spend time with me, if you develop a relationship with me, if you come to know and recognize all that I have for you and for the world and for the world to come, you will experience that I am the bread from which you'll never go hungry and from which you will never thirst. And then we, we remember, right? We remember the great I am, God. We remember the God who is. We remember the God who uh, will be who God will be, right? Exodus chapter 3, we remembered from last week when Moses wanted to tell the people, who is this God that's sending me? Who, who am I going to tell them you are? And, and God just said in the 14th verse, 
I am who I am. You tell those Israelites, I am sent you. This is Jesus from the very beginning, filling us, nurturing us, recreating us, and offering us hope. You see, as the bread of life, Jesus offers us everything we've been yearning for, everything we know that we need and understand that will fill us, but we far too often go in other directions work or recreation or addiction or bad relationships or things that don't satiate. Jesus is reminding the disciples and those who'd gather just like he's reminding us. Man, sometimes those appetites that we have, that we think will somehow uh, fill us and uh, give us life, they, they always peter out. They always fall by the wayside. They, they give us a bit of a, a richness. They give us a bit of a, man, that biscuit was good when I was eating it. But it doesn't last. The bread of life lasts. And a part of us has been consumed with trying to find that perishable bread, whatever it is, I just named many of them, and, and we realize that somehow that we, we want to consume that, that somehow I need to have that. But all Jesus is asking is, will you let me consume you? And consume is a fascinating word, right? Because when we think of consume, we're thinking, man, I'm going to eat and I'm going to take and I'm going to digest and I'm going to be done with it, right? Consume. But if, if we are consumed by Jesus, then he, in, he envelops us. He kind of uh, takes us in and, and like a fire that consumes something, that he, he brings us the opportunity to know that he's all around us and he's all through us and he's all in us and he consumes us. It's why in this season of Lent we want to be consumed by Jesus. One of the reasons we, we practice the fast is to empty ourselves of those appetites so that we can fill ourselves with the bread of life. One of the reasons we want to read Scripture on a regular basis is it helps put us in direct connection with the giver and author of life. It helps us open opportunities to recognize that I can better understand who he is and, and what God is offering and how it is the bread of life is filling me up. It's so funny we are. You know, I have had the privilege for decades now to occasionally be with somebody on their deathbed and Never once has anyone ever said, man, I'd like to have worked harder. I'd like to have put more energy into that work life. Or, man, I wish I had one more boat. Or I, I wish I had some kind of better sense of my addiction. Right? Nobody ever says that. But what they often say, I'm so grateful I knew Jesus. I'm so glad I understood God's love. I'm so thankful that God is with me now. Because God gives that kind of life, because Jesus offers us that richness. My dad died just over 30 years ago. No one would have ever mistaken my father for a spiritual man. He was a believer, but spirituality was not a component of his life. But in those last weeks of his life, do you know what he needed more than anything else, what he asked for more than anything else? I need to know that faith healer. And I want to hear something from that televangelist. And I want to know that somehow there is 
everlasting life. He was more engaged in his faith than he'd ever been in those last days because he was looking for that which fills. He was trying to discover the richness of the life that the bread of life can offer. Friends, today we're going we're gonna to receive this precious gift. We're going to receive the bread and the cup. We're going to feast upon the body and the blood. We're going to be, be satiated by what it is God has to offer to us, and, and we will be revived for another day of ministry, for another opportunity of life, for the possibility that God will do amazing things in and through us because Jesus is the bread of life. I wonder, I wonder if we could learn from his teaching today that all those other things that come by the wayside, all those other things that sometimes come at us, all those other things that we sometimes think will fill, they never do. But Jesus always does. And all he yearns for and all he wants from us is that relationship, that connection, that desire that we might indeed stop consuming other things and be consumed by the bread of life. May that be our goal this day and the next, that we might know the life which he brings and the gift that he offers. May it be so for you and for all of us as we feast this day and the next on the bread of life. Will you pray with me? Holy and gracious God, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that he genuinely is the bread of life that offers all life, rich, full, abundant. God, help us this day as we receive the bread and the cup to know he is with us and we with him. Help us to know that he will sustain and satiate our worldly hungers, that we might indeed be satisfied with his goodness, his mercy, his grace. God, may it be so this day and the next. For God, what we've discovered in this wonderful 40 years of ministry here at Treach is that thousands and thousands of people over the years have come to know Jesus through this community of faith, and thousands more have grown in a relationship with him, and thousands more have been sent in his name. Help us, Lord, to continue that great faithful journey that we might indeed share that good news and find the fullness of life in Christ. For it's in his name that we now pray. Amen.